Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, what's happening, guys? I'm I Lewis 87 and you're listening to episode two of Ready Player Two. Joining me today, we have the usual suspects, Newbie 5. Hello, you lot. And we've got Zero Blade. Hey, how you doing? Producer Ross. Hello. And today we've got a guest host, uh, Stu Turner, also known as Lava Monkey. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for having me here today. Not a problem. Um, so before we make a start with things, uh, Stu, do you want to just give us a quick rundown of your gaming history? Uh, my gaming history? Well, I have been gaming since the Atari 2600, and uh, that's basically kind of gone from there to Master System, Mega Drive. I've been quite a Sega boy when I was a kid and stuff as well, but I'm predominantly a PC gamer now, so... Uh, so that's kind of that's kind of where my heart lies, uh, especially mm-hmm. since you know, kind of <clears throat> Half Life, round about ninety eight. I think that's pretty much what kind of changed uh, changed my sort of whole kind of gaming outlook as well. Kind of going from consoles to to PC gaming then. So, okay, uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty pretty hardcore PC. Some would say elitist in some ways, but uh, I don't think I'm that bad. What are you <clears> uh, what are you currently <laughs> playing at the minute? Uh, Dota two, Dota two. That's that's. Pretty much all I play right now. Uh, I think that's a lot of people in now, hasn't it? That's eight months. I think I've been in that now. And really? I've, yeah, <laughs> eight eight months, and I've just about hit five hundred hours of it as well. It's uh, it's it's the addiction I never knew I wanted. It's <laughs> <laughs> those are hours you're never going to get back. Cool. Interesting yeah. stuff. Thank you. And without further ado, let's move on to the news. Rich, why don't you start us off? Right. Well, this isn't really news. This is the kind of thing that we we could we could have a, a minute silent o- silence over. Let's have a minute silence. You can edit this out afterwards, Ross. <laughs> Thanks very much. Ready? Ready? Well, you can go. Oh, hang on. Hang on. He yeah. can edit it in. Yeah. No, yeah sure. Ready? Go. <laughs> No, you've got to be quiet. You've got to be quiet for it to work. That's done. Thank you for editing that out, Ross. So, um, yeah, the uh, the big-eared bastard, Mickey Mouse, has uh, swooped in and shot everybody at LucasArts. Uh, they're all gone. Such a shame. And Yeah, it was a massive shame. I mean, if we're being totally honest, so LucasArts, for, the, for those people who haven't heard this yet, LucasArts, the iconic studio that has brought ridiculous quantities of games and not just the new stuff not just the star wars stuff that a lot of it can be carbon copy but some really amazing games back in say the 90s you got the monkey island series you got pretty much everything that was running on on the scum engine mm. um Grim fandango yeah oh, classic. sam and max data tentacle all that kind of stuff and it was amazing that was my child point and click adventure games was my 
that that really brought me into PC gaming, the PC gaming genre, and mm. having them gone now after all that time, and I know they're not the same company that they used to be, and I know the the kind of stuff that they were bringing out maybe wasn't as top notch as it could have been, it was and they shit. were. Well, yeah, (laughs) and they were farming out a lot of their stuff, a lot of their licenses anyway to other companies, but Star Wars 1313, as troubled as it was, could have been such a good game. It It was looking that way, wasn't it? It it had uh, the potential, and uh, yeah, it's gone. My Mm. whole thing with the LucasArts termination thing is... Like a lot of you guys, I'm sure the biggest games that I loved was like the Grim Fandango, Sam and Max, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, uh, Monkey Island especially. Monkey now, Island, Curse, Curse of Monkey Island was the first game I ever played on the PC. God, I remember, you know, living in Camden where I could barely scrape by and coming up with twenty pence so I can go to a bloody internet cafe <laughs> to get in where the fucking use for the chicken grease was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, me and the ex-girlfriend. We, we were literally taking turns running to the internet cafe trying to figure out how to get past the next fucking section. Now, with games like that, it was fantastic, but LucasArts went far from it with the whole StarCraft, eh, StarCraft, Star Wars. But all these other companies came up, like the Double Fine, which is the old Monkey Island crew. You've got Telltale Games, who's got the license mm. for all the Sam and Max stuff. Yeah. Mm. I'm not too fussed now that LucasArts is gone, because that's just a brand. You know, that was, you know, the name of it. But... This gives chance to Telltale Games. It gives chance to Double Fine. I'm not honestly as bothered as I thought I would be. Yeah, it's different now that we're in the internet era because I don't know. Back then, it was you, it wasn't an automatic Google. If you got stuck with something, you. I mean, we're talking back when it was magazines. If you needed a walkthrough or a guide, oh. for the most part, you got them in magazines, didn't you? I didn't. T- I didn't immediately jump to the internet when I got stuck on Monkey Island. A lot of time because I didn't have the internet or my dad was on the phone. But a <laughs> 56k modem, and suddenly my dad's going, Why is the modem making squirrel noises at me? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Not me, not me. Uh, so it was, you got a couple of you around, and it didn't matter who was using the mouse, everybody was just sat there trying to work out this puzzle. And it was a community, I don't know. It was, and I've got to say, I think they're missing a trick, and they have been missing a trick for a while because point and click adventure games. Point and tap adventure games. Why have these not resurfaced on on uh, smartphones now and tablets? Uh, you say that. I you, I know there Android, are a few, but for Android, you can download um, Broken Sword that plays natively. Yep. Oh yeah, there is that. Yep. And um, Walking Dead. Yeah, the Walking Dead. You can on the download iPad the Walking Dead amazing. on the iPad. That's true. That's true. And you can download the Scum VM. The Scum VM, um, yeah, and play everything on that for Android. So. There, are, there, uh, there is, are. sorry, I was going to say there is one thing. There, you're you're kind of just bringing up franchises that have existed. Have there have there been any kind of you know point and clicks you know that are original IPs lately for any you know like the handhelds or anything? You know, uh, more than likely, more than likely to be honest. But how many of us actually search out point and click adventure games? Mm. I mean, if you see it on the front page of the market, you'll probably think let's mm. give that a go. But yeah. I can't remember the last time that I actually searched for point and click adventure games to try and find something to to give a go. No. That's I think the last one that's not fully point and click, but close to the style was the cave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And or, that is or, Monkey Island as well, isn't it? Exactly, and it has that sort of humour to it as well. Yeah, but, Ross, what about you? Uh, yeah, I've got some bit of news about um, Warner Brothers. They've recently registered three domain names: uh, Mad Max the Game, uh, Mad Max Game dot com, Mad Max the Game dot com, and World Gone Mad Legend of Max dot com, which is a hell of a URL. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know what that sounds like? 
That sounds. Does that sound like an MMO it to anybody else? To me. This is either going to go MMO or a really funky Fallout-style game. Well, the picture um, that was in the news article, it looks like a Fallout game. Hooray! To me. I'm surprised. <laughs> I, I, I fully expect something like that to happen as well, but I mean, it would still have to be really quite open world, especially for like a kind of driving element yeah, in it exactly. as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. But hang on a minute, let's think about this. What's the first thing you think about when you think Mad Max? Thunderdome. Thunderdome. Yeah. What's and and what? big Tina big Turner. open spaces? <laughs> Tina Turner, Jesus, really? <laughs> big big open spaces. Yeah. yeah, big wasteland. You know, hardly any fuel. They could go so many places with this. They could. I mean, if you're if you start somewhere and you're in a little little town, little village or something like that, that's cobbled together with the shells of cars and the corpses of the fallen, mm. you. And you need fuel to get anywhere. It could, it'd be brilliant. Yeah. If you had a Daisy style survival <laughs> element to this, obviously not not on the kind of level that Daisy is. Not quite as hardcore. Mm. Yeah, but I, I could. Yeah, I could definitely get on board with that. Yeah, it's rumored to be yeah. in development from um, Avalanche Studios. They're the guys behind Just Cause. Oh, they are amazing, and they have the tech for it as well. Yeah, I mean, they that, have uh, fun open world, don't they? <laughs> The, I, I I love Just Cause 2 as well. It's just it's bonkers. It's it's kind of what GTA could have been if they still went a little bit ridiculous yeah. as well, you know, rather than that sort of gritty kind of GTA 4 style that they you know ended up doing and stuff. Yeah, using so, the grapple yeah. hook and the the parachute to just get around the world. It's fantastic. It's so good. They're, they're just that that kind of thing where I just want something to kick back with a pad and stuff on my PC I'll just go in, you know, jump on a plane yeah. and, you know, just sort of fly about and say, oh, it's, it's wonderful for that. Yeah, that's, that's mindless madness, it's always good to just sit back and play. Mm. Yeah. So I think with Avalanche on it, it should hopefully give some fun aspects to it too. But yeah, it's, it's rumoured for a, a 2014 release alongside the new uh, Mad Max film, uh, which stars Tom Hardy as Mad Max. Oh yeah, that's true, isn't it? I think it's got Charlize Theron in it. Yeah, it's quite a good cast, actually. Mm, that could be interesting. But then, would that mean that you're playing the protagonist in one of these? Or are you going to be able to create your own character in an open world? Maybe you come across Max. I don't... I, I think that could be interesting as well, if it's that kind of open world thing. So. Yeah, you don't want to play yeah. the, the game of the movie, really. They tend yeah. to be Although, quite poor. I, I I I wouldn't be surprised if they you know like they did go for like the MMO element around about the same time that the uh, the movie comes out and maybe you know the uh, events of the film actually follow in the game that you're playing and stuff mm. you know that that'd be quite that'd be quite interesting that you come across the same sort of parts that are happening as the film has come out too you know yeah. you kind of get sucked up and stuff like that is. Uh, I think I think Matrix Online did that at one point as yeah, well. Yeah, the only the only problem with Matrix Online was that it was shite. <laughs> I, they, I I baited that back in the day. As they well. had the right idea. Yeah, I baited it. They had the right idea, and as far as story goes, definitely they had the right idea. And they were bringing in the characters from the film series. They were trying to, and it, it started off before certain elements of the film series happened, and then you have. They introduced, as you went along, major points in the film series. Yeah. And it wasn't just you. It wasn't like a quest line that only you were following and nobody else could find. It was server-wide. Mm. Everybody. Suddenly something happened and everybody, when they logged in that day, got a cutscene of Morpheus doing something. And 
suddenly the game had changed and the, the overall aim of everybody that was playing the game was now something slightly different and then the, the next month something else happens something else happens something else happens so as you're playing the game and there's no going back it's not like you could fail the quest and go back and the actions of people within the game and how well they did at the at the new kind of uh, storyline quests affected the outcome of that overall segment and where they went next. So the idea was fantastic, but it, it, they didn't pull it off. And on top of that, the game wasn't very good. So <laughs> it, it was, it was, it was interesting. That that was good as well. I liked the fact that you could kind of get everyone involved and stuff. Maybe that kind of Mad Max game could do it too. But like I said, the Matrix Online ended up just being people doing neo jumping everywhere. I think <laughs> in the end or something like that. It, uh, yeah, it, and it, it introduced. Like four thousand different ways of spelling Neo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Lewis, yes. you've got some Bioshock Infinite news. Yes, I do. Um, it would appear that the first lot of DLC for Bioshock Infinite will include ten achievements. Um, no details are currently known about what the achievements will be, um, but they appeared at the end of last week on the Steam profile page for the game. Uh, Irrational have said that they plan to release three lots of DLC, which will add, and I quote, hours of additional gameplay and continue the player's journey in the Sky City of Columbia with new stories, characters, abilities, and weapons. I don't know about you guys, but having just finished the game, I am pretty excited about this. I am um, ambivalent with it right now. I, 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 didn't, I didn't really enjoy Infinite. Uh, I don't know whether we can want to go off on a tangent on that or not, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, we talk uh, about Bioshock. Spoilers! 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 It's like yeah. Bioshock, I'm here for that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I mean, the ending was interesting as well, uh, but there's, I don't know, it just, it just kind of felt... It felt like a world that could have had so much more potential for me. I, 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 I like at the beginning, the I would have loved more exploration, at least a little bit more yeah. kind of sandbox. I mean, it, it seemed like you were kind of going in. It's like, oh, you know, racists. Ah, look, you've got a mark on your hand, and then shooting and stuff, and uh, and that's that's kind of you know, like it sort of descends there. It was like it was maybe too quick. You never really get to take the whole world in or anything like that. And I like to be able to wander about in Rome or anything like that and uh, and there wasn't I really mean, the kind of sorry? Uh, I was going to say I mean I absolutely loved the game I, I thought it was brilliant but um, I, could, I do completely agree I think that you should have been able to do a bit more exploration and it should have been a lot more um, sandboxy than it actually was so but, or, uh, or player sorry. interaction sorry I was going to say that they're the, like player interaction as well. I I, I would have yeah. liked to talk to the NPCs more as well. You know, it's yeah, uh, it just sort yeah. of really get a proper feel for it. I know obviously you know kind of some NPCs kind of say things now and again or whatever. You know, kind of comment on you know like the uh, the uh, what do you call it the quartet that are singing all those sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, those nice little touches there. But there's you, you can't sort of. I would like to know more about all these people in the world, maybe a little bit more why they've actually come to Colombia or something as well, that, that, that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah. Mm. I've got to say, I don't entirely agree. I haven't finished the game yet, but I love it. I am absolutely loving it, and I love the previous games. I even, I even love number two. I think I was that guy. But it was... <laughs> I, so how, how do you think Colombia uh, compares to Rapture? I love it. I, I think I, it's great. 
I favourite over. Yeah, I think I do as well. And only because it's light. It was too dark in the first couple of games. And I know that was the entire point. But what they've done with this one is the previous games had a very strong stealth element to them. If you wanted to go down that route, you could upgrade your your wrench yeah or your your melee attacks right up the roof and your sneaking ability and all the rest of it so you could play the majority even all of the game by sneaking around and coming up behind people and cracking them over the head with a monkey wrench which is hilarious as well as effective but in the new there's none of that there's none of that in infinite and i think the darkness and the dankness in the first game lent itself to that and in infinite it's nice and open air and quite bright and it, it lends itself to the more fast-paced shooting aspect that it's got going on. Yeah. But with the with the speed of it and with not slowing down to talk to NPCs, I, fa- I find at the moment that it's a good balance. There's, a good, there's enough to explore, there's enough to see, and you can spend a lot of time looking at all of the little kind of um, propaganda infomercial boxes that are around the place, and there's loads yeah. of those voxophone things to listen to and stuff like that. And there are little side bits that you can go off to, but I think that the, the being swept along and the being pulled through the game and it being quite linear reflects the character, it reflects Booker, because he's just kind of being carried along by events. He's agreed to do something in order to write off this debt, which is what you believe is happening or what you think is going on at the beginning of the game. And he doesn't really have a huge amount of control over what's going on. He's going places and he's doing things. And a lot of the time he's being controlled or, or kind of pushed in a direction by Comstock. And he's just being dragged about. He finds Elizabeth and then she's running off. And I, it feel, I don't know, it felt quite natural to me. And I, I really enjoyed it. I think with that, Rich, do you want to move on to your, um, your next news item? Well, this is some long-ass news. All right, okay, so the next one is uh, one of the games that I'm really looking forward to coming out uh, is Blood Dragon. This is Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. This is another fantastic example of Ubisoft smoking something. <laughs> because I think it's great. I've, I love what Ubisoft are doing with themselves at the moment. The first one was this, uh, the DLC for Assassin's Creed 3. So they brought out this DLC for Assassin's Creed 3. I don't know if it's out in the UK yet, but called uh the uh, what was it the tyranny of king washington yeah yeah tyranny of king washington came out which is just such a departure from i mean like assassin's creed is is true to history anyway but it's just such a departure from the history books that you think to yourself wow i can't believe they've actually done that but they did and a lot of people have really enjoyed it blood dragon's the same kind of thing they've gone down a really bizarre road with it and a lot of people are really excited and then unfortunately the news gets completely marred by them being hacked So they've been they've been hacked. So these Russian hackers, I, I read that they're Russian. That might be a stereotype. These Russian hackers, yeah, <laughs> they've hacked and they've worked out that with the official UPlay launcher, they can send these spoof codes through the UPlay ports to convince the UPlay servers that they own a game that they don't actually own. So the legitimate download mechanism starts downloading the game for them. <laughs> So they were firing all of these codes at, uh, at Uplay, and they were downloading games that had been released. And then they stumbled upon this code, and it started downloading Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. Oh. Because it's there, and it's ready to go, and the, the game is, is ready for release. It's just, you know, it was waiting for a week or two weeks before, mm. before release. And, uh, and they got it, and they leaked it to the internet, and they put some videos online. And as happened with the Half-Life 2 launch a long time ago, it's marred. The, if you search Blood Dragon now, you're just going to get news articles about the hack. You're not going to get yeah. You're not going to yeah. get the information about the game. It's such a shame. They've not had that, a great. Year. That's why I've not bothered looking about it, looking at it at all. Mm. I just all I've seen is news articles about you play uh, you 
Ubisoft being hacked, um, and I will wait until the game comes out and I will buy it. So the final final bit of news that I've got is probably something that everybody else knows about the big reveal for the Xbox 720 and for oh God I hope they're not calling it that so, but the awful name May the 21st is is going to be the date that they're finally going to come out with hopefully the big reveal and hopefully it's going to be a considerably larger reveal than the PlayStation 4 uh, because I don't have I count on it um, for for absolutely no information just show uh, so, it would be nice. Showing console would be good, and like maybe actually talking about specs, <laughs> uh, the price point would be would be interesting to find out as well. Yeah. Uh, maybe show us the pad. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's just uh, just ideas. But yeah, I think, maybe- I think uh, sorry, specs are probably not going to be that dissimilar from the uh, the from <coughs> PlayStation as well. Really, I mean, it's another AMD. Uh, I think AMD tech as well. So it's probably going to go around that same sort of eight core. Kind this of is, processor things. So. This is going to be a very interesting question as well, because as far as I'm aware, nobody yet knows, because there's a big question mark, as far as I'm aware, there's a big question mark at the moment over the PlayStation 4, and whether it's going to be x86-based as its processor. I, Have we heard this? Right. So, heard this. Right, so there is a question. Now, I could be wrong, I might not be up on the latest news, but as far as I was aware, there was a question mark over whether the architecture on the PlayStation 4 processor was going to be x86-based. And either directly or a derivative of, I don't know. Now, apparently, there is a question mark over whether Microsoft have done the same thing. So, See, what I this sounds like to me is you've got PlayStation saying they've got Big Willy, you've got Xbox saying they've got <laughs> Big Willy, and nobody's wanting to take it out and show the other person. Is it a Big Willy? Is it really? Is the schlong as big as they're talking? Because we've already got x86 processors and PCs. Yeah. And what what is that going to open up? Is that going to open up x86? You know, are we going to be able to get Linux on these things running reasonably easily? Are we able to? I mean, the DRM is probably going to lock everything down. So actually, does it make any difference? I I think I think the tech is going to be a lot similar. I think it's going to be the actual products that they can deliver that's going to be the uh, the, the kind of uh, seller for a lot of people. I mm. I I think the one thing I, I wasn't really kind of excited by the PlayStation for myself. I just thought right, okay, another console and stuff. But now when it's got the kind of integrated Twitch streaming and stuff like that, I think that could kind of turn it for me I've for that ability. To, yeah, the, it's all the, software. Yeah, yeah, just just uh, that that ability to you know start you know streaming your games over in that sort of way you know all that kind of integration is quite nice, but integration without it becoming a Netflix box type thing, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. uh, I mean, you can see you know the the, the kind of Twitch thing uh, is definitely you know watch me play games, not you know watch movies instead of playing games, which is what yeah. it feels like sometimes. Mm. I've got to say there was a race. And this, was, this is going back to the beginning of consoles. Just a race. I've made an 8-bit console. Well, mine's 16, <laughs> so screw you. Well, mine's 24. Sorry, Sega. Drop the ball on that. Mine's 32. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Sega's dead. We're going to keep going. And it's is got it? to the point now where I've got to say, I'm not entirely sure. I'm still buying. I'm still playing games on the Xbox 360. And I'm playing them on my PC. Now, my PC is capable of way, way superior graphics. Far superior graphics to my Xbox 360. Mm. Does it bother me? Do I have any less interest in the games? No, I don't. I think the graphics have reached a point now where they can safely stop pushing them as the main selling point for a new console. They've, they've got to seriously think about the other stuff that the console is capable of doing. And the home media center is one of those big things. Mm. And then obviously they're adding all of their newer technologies, stuff like the Kinect and the PlayStation Move and the other kind of stuff on top of that. Or if you're Nintendo, about 
about 500 hardware editions. <laughs> as many as you can ply at your audience. See, Rich, I, I agree with you completely. When did video games become more about the video than the game? And that's what <laughs> yeah, it's been for the last yeah. little while. Yeah. Just I, the... I think I think when uh, Call of Duty just became a, a running point thing, really, that's definitely more <laughs> video than game, isn't it? Really, you know, so... Uh, a lot of games have become an interactive story now, and I think Call of Duty very much went that way because they've got a hell of a lot of of like in-game. They're not they're not using cutscenes anymore, FMVs as we used to call them. They're using your in-game um, like as you play, somebody will grab your gun and point it in a direction, or somebody will tackle you, or you'll be a nuclear device will go off and you'll be crawling and dying through some kind of nuclear radiation. Yeah. All of it is is interactive, is but it how much of it actually realistically adds to the gameplay and your enjoyment of the game itself. It's the storyline. So you're playing an, an interactive video. Really. It, it kind of, I, I think it's one of those things that, for me, breaks the immersion once more, you know? If you're kind of running along and then it cuts out and takes over for a part, especially yeah. for, for some kind of ability that you can't actually use in the game anyway, it, yeah. it just kind of like, well... What, what are you doing to me here? You've kind of just... I've lost control. I, I, this isn't do you know what? Oh, Do you know what? You've hit on probably my biggest annoyance in any game ever. And they've done it in almost... Splinter Cell is terrible for it, or it used to be anyway. Thief, they did it in, they did it in so many games. You are nails, yeah? You're some kind of super souped-up cyborg motherfucker that is shooting everybody in the face. And then you'll walk into a room and suddenly you'll get a cutscene of the main boss of the game stood there with two cronies with guns pointed at your head and you put your hands up yeah metal gear solid they take all of your items off you and you're there going i just killed 80 people to get into this room these two guys not going to cause me a problem not going to cause me a problem but the fmv for the purposes of moving the story forwards takes all control off you it's me mario now we're going to do the regular feature the ready player two top three this is where one of us picks a topic for the rest of the guys to pick their top three things one of it, and one of us scores each of them to find the ultimate thing. If you listen to the first podcast, you'll know what we're talking about. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to top that. I really don't. Flaming beards. beards. Yeah, beards. This week's is a Flaming lot more beard of doom. Definitely. It's a lot more wordy this week. It's not, <laughs> oh, just, what? not just top three beards. This week's topic is top three things in a game that we would like to see in real life. I'll be scoring this round as I won last week. Yeah, you did. I'm just going to be scoring them on their usefulness and if they would actually benefit society. I didn't realise oh, that was I a good aware of this. <laughs> <laughs> I've just won. <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> right, okay. Uh, Ross, as you pick the topic, why don't you start off with your top three? Okay, dokie. Uh, my first one, and this is no use to society but myself, uh, my player on NBA 2K is uh, 99 rated. I want these skills. I can't actually play basketball myself. but <laughs> That's a bit selfish, isn't it? But... I mean, even before he revealed the scoring criteria, I would have said that that was a little selfish. <laughs> I'm all for the good of me, never mind society. <laughs> uh, my second one, I want uh, a portal gun. Oh, you bastard. Right. Everyone knows oh, what I hate that... is to get out of bed and have to go to the toilet. Just one, one next to your bed, one next to the toilet. <laughs> Come on, who doesn't want just that? Just stick your dick in there. <laughs> exactly. But, but how does that work if the toilet's maybe on the other side of the house and you can't fire it? You basically just end up maybe... You leave it there, don't you? Yeah. Before you go to bed, you put the portal there. 
Ah, right, okay. Yeah, they're already yeah. set up <laughs> about this pee situation, don't you? You just don't forget and, that it's there, because otherwise you're going to fall through it. And Yeah, Hold so on. You, you roll over, pull your trousers down, <laughs> stick your through the bottle, have a whack. Exactly. How do you wash your hands? Why would you limit it to the bathroom? You can set this outward portal anywhere, you know, some other building randomly across London or somewhere else. It randomly starts pissing at five in the morning. Yeah, and I'd be like, right, time to get out of bed, slap some clothes on, walk through a portal. I'm at work. Yeah, exactly. See, it's useful for everyone, that is. Uh, And my third thing, and number one in my list of three, is uh, Pip-Boy 3000 from the Fallout series. Nice, nice. Ah, yeah. Radio. Hold a minute. It's better than an iPhone. That's tra- tra- <laughs> now, hang on a minute. Not, not that I'm trying to knock you because I want to win, but haven't we got mobile phones already? <laughs> it's basically a smartphone strapped to your wrist. <laughs> is an amazingly cool thing, right? <laughs> but let's face it, <laughs> the iPhone can already do more. Yeah, this is true. Uh, but can you level? <laughs> can you level up your stats on an iPhone? Exactly. Do you level mm. up your stats, Pip Boy, in real life? <laughs> Um, I, I imagine. I imagine you could. Have, uh, shit at speech. Beep, 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 beep. Done. <laughs> Sorted. So yeah, that's my top three. Nice. Awesome. Right, Zero. Uh, what are your top three? I'm a bit jealous now, but I've got to go for for usefulness here. I've got uh, luggage from Discworld or a bag of holding from any number of D and D games. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Breaking out the geek. Okay, I, I yeah, I'm not familiar with um Discworld or um D and D. So are they like um ender chests? Pretty much you put everything in them. The problem the difference is with luggage, it follows you with a hundred little pink <laughs> legs that come out the bottom of it and is homicidal and likes to eat people occasionally as well. <laughs> it's very yeah. cool. And when you open it, it's only got in it what you need at the time. So if you, you fed it, no, you know, like your bed sheets uh, an Xbox and your kids, <laughs> and you want to play it, and you want to play Xbox, and you open it. The Xbox is there, but it's a bit finickety because it doesn't always like you, and it might eat you. It's <laughs> <laughs> a downside. Yeah, yeah. So, and of course, the bag of holding is basically a bag where you can stuff everything in possible existence and pull it out at a later date. <laughs> Makes moving houses very easy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's downsides to these things, though. Surely. Like, I'm thinking CSI. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I mean, where's the murder? Oh, he had a bag of holding. Could be fucking anywhere. <laughs> Only I'm allowed it, so it's fine. It's fine. Well, it's another selfish one, is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, second, one, second choice. Um, I'm going to go for Pokemon. Nice. All of them? <laughs> this All of them? You're going to be able to move. You're going to need a bag of holding. You said things from games that you want in real life. Now I'm going to take Pokemon. You have a whole bunch of them, so I'm winning on numbers now, too. Wait, so, what, so all... What, what are we up to, a thousand now? Something stupid, yeah. Yeah, so you want all one thousand... Well, however many there are. Pokemon. I just want Pokemon, you know, having a wee beastie that can set fire to things where you don't get blamed for it for once. That'd be fantastic. Could, could you... Um, can you pay someone or train a child to do that? <laughs> or <laughs> just... Uh, Jesus, the RSPCA will shit. I was I was thinking maybe you could just stick a flamethrower on a dog instead <laughs> rather than Pokemon. Oh God, I hope nobody from the RSPCA ever listens to this. <laughs> it's the dog that commits the crimes, not you. <laughs> but you solitaped a flamethrower to it. Not solitaped. Is, is this a case of bullets don't kill people, people kill people? <laughs> yeah, bullets don't kill people, a dog with the flamethrower kills people. 
<laughs> and my last one, something I see in a lot of the modern games, a smartphone with a never-ending battery life. Oh, until you're being chased by uh, by zombie killer midgets, and then inexplicably <laughs> you've got no signal slash no battery. Is the uh, is there like one of the downsides to having the smartphone that your uh, cousin Roman calls you up to go bowling all the time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be a sort of problematic side of that one. So there we go. That's my three. You can block his number on your pit boy, <laughs> or yeah, you make a portal, punch him in the face, <laughs> post your Pokemon to him. <laughs> Imagine using the portal gun to send your flamethrower dog to eliminate people you don't like. <laughs> ring, 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 ring. Oh, hello. Would you like to go bowling? <laughs> exactly. The, um, the, 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 the flame firing is linked to whenever the dog barks as well, so you do get quite uh, a consistent flame. So. <laughs> right. Is that right, all of Rich. yours? Yeah. Rich, 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 give us yours. Right, my first, one, my first one is the Dagger of Time. The Dagger of Time, the Prince of Persia series. You fuck up, yeah, so you sent your dog through, it's uh, set somebody off fire. Bollocks, the portal was going to the wrong place, going to the kids' bedroom, kids are on fire. Dagger of Time, we're going backwards. So you zoom backwards in time to before you committed the fuck up, and off you go again. I like it. Surely it's going to be worth ha- having, hasn't it? I like it. Yeah, I like it. Uh, the next way I've written down was a portal gun, you bastard. <laughs> so, so I'm going to have to, right, so... Half-Life 2 Gravity Gun. Ooh. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, so the Half-Life 2 Gravity Gun. So you can pick... You, I mean, there's nothing funnier. Can you imagine conflicts in Afghanistan? Nobody wants to see <laughs> Nobody wants to see conflict on TV. Right? Conflict on TV. Afghanistan. Somebody's been killed with an IED. Oh, I don't want to watch that. That's bad. I don't, I don't want to watch that. Somebody's been killed so by... you pick up uh, your telly and fling it out the window. No, no, no. But somebody's been killed by a urinal. That, that's <laughs> right. Don't watch that. Makes we, me think of we, the... Uh, you know that, that scene that. in uh, District Nine. Have you mm. have you seen yeah. that where they, they fire the pig? Yeah, yeah, that, that'll do exactly the same thing. So it's, it just makes war more funny. I would say, I would say there's not a lot of hilarity in war. That's so I something think we all want as well. Yeah, <laughs> there's not enough hilarity in war. <laughs> exactly, and the last thing that I think is probably essential that we have in real life is Tifa Lockhart from Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Um, right, right. Let me just get this right. You want Tifa Lockhart from Final Fantasy VII? She yes. would break you. All right, that's fine. Because I've got a gravity gun. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, are you gonna do now, bitch? Float there for a bit. Interesting. <laughs> you, you seriously need to have some good suggestions because at the moment, Rich is winning. Uh, <laughs> I think. I think for the uh, for the ones I went for are a little bit selfish as well and because I've been playing Deus Ex quite a lot I went for the Og arms that Adam Jensen has oh nice. very nice ooh I, body yeah I well I no just the arms I was thinking oh, the fact that I'm now spending so many hours on Dota that RSI is starting to take <laughs> over that probably mechanical <laughs> hands might be beneficial in some way so uh, so I went for that um, I'd also quite like the ability to free run like in Mirror's Edge Oh yeah, that, that I think that, that's more of a skill that you can acquire. Kind of learn. <laughs> yeah. So again, again, this is like a very selfish thing. <laughs> I want to be able to run up walls, but you could do that in real life. Shut up! I just want to be able to do it. <laughs> I want I to do it now without. I, I don't want to learn how to do it. I just want to be able to do it. Exactly. If if I could just do that straight away, that'd be good. And finally, I, I went for something a little bit bizarre as well that. I would I would really like the Bastion narrator 
basically just to narrate <laughs> everything I do in life. Uh, I think that, that would be that would be amazing, and I would I would love that. Just just walking about and just hearing that voice. It's it's, it's so good. We... I... <laughs> Stu is going for a shit. <laughs> exactly. That kind of thing. Is that what you're going for? Pretty much. Pretty much. Do we know or... who who that narrator is? Does does this narrator have a name? An actor. He he is. He's just, I'm just too lazy to Google it. Lo- he is Logan Cunningham. Logan Cunningham. Yes, that's, that's great. That's brilliant. At the moment, it's sorry, Rich, uh, sorry, Stu, but your ones weren't very good. <laughs> no. <laughs> Robot arms, I could kind of get on board with, like Jackson Barrett. Oh yeah. But yeah, but, yeah um, the endless battery. Yes, I I think. That is something, especially with smartphones becoming more powerful. I think we could uh, we could all do with one of those. Uh, the Pit Boy, just because I am a massive Fallout fanboy. Um, That's biased. I <laughs> shh, I want one. <laughs> He's going shop. That that and uh, fast travel, but which none yeah. of you mentioned. But well, a portal gun. Not quite the same. All right. Um, <laughs> And yes, Tifa. So yeah, <laughs> who doesn't want a bit Tifa? You all get a third of a point. Oh, fair no. enough. Uh, I think, to be honest, for out of thinking outside the box, I'm going to go with Rich. Yeah, fuck the lot of you. Unbelievable. Uh, a, a close second, just was uh, definitely Pokemon, and again, Rich with the Dagger of Time. Sorry, Ross, yours. M- NBA, the ability to be like an NBA player. Yeah, I can't believe <laughs> you had two suggestions that were things that you could just learn how to do. The ability to play basketball and the ability to run up walls. This is, we can tell we're all gamers, can't you? It's like, oh, that would be brilliant to be able to do. I don't want to learn it. It requires exercise. Oh, keep a lockout, just basically coming across going, I want a girlfriend. <laughs> well, hang on a minute now, I've got a wife, but who doesn't want Tifa Lockhart? She kicked you. Cosplay's fine. I'll be happy. If she said her name was Tifa and she said she was over 18, I'd still be on board with that. (laughs) (laughs) Many games blow us away when we play them for the first time. Everyone has that one or possibly more games that you go back to time and time again. Then the long-awaited sequel rolls around and there's nothing worse to find out that it is a colossal failure. So, with that in mind, guys, what sequels to good games did you dislike alternatively are there any games that you liked the sequel but you couldn't stand the original uh rich let's start with oh you. wow go straight to me this is really hard this is this is hard because there's a lot of games where i would say that the sequel is better than the original mm. but that doesn't mean that the original was a bad game yeah and yeah. there's a lot there's a lot of games where the original was better than the sequel but it doesn't necessarily mean that the sequel was a bad game Mm-hmm. So it, I don't know. This is a difficult, difficult one. But I'm going to go with probably the most obvious one, which is Street Fighter Two. Yeah. Okay. So Street Fighter Two was a. Ma- I mean, come on. We all. I would certainly, but I would say that a massive amount of fight people who loved arcade style fighting games, Street Fighter Two was the game. And all of the spin-offs where they were so worried about making Street Fighter 3 because the jump from 1 to 2 was so enormous that they just kept adding stuff to the end of Street Fighter 2. <laughs> yeah, Turbo, Street Alpha. Turbo, Alpha, <laughs> Amazing Turbo, Alpha, Omega. The, the women are wearing slightly less Alpha. And uh, yeah, but Street Fighter 2 was a 
a fantastic game. In the first one, who's even played the first one? No, never. No, yep, never. I have. I think I, I have. have. Yeah. I went back and played it on emulator because I had no oh. idea. I was even told by by somebody who was convinced that Final Fight, the game Final mm. Fight, was the original Street Fighter, <laughs> no, and that no, they made no. Street Fighter Two off off the back of that. But no, there was an original Street Fighter, and it was Pap. <laughs> so, so Street Fighter Two. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. First one, that's, I would say that that is a clear-cut example of a sequel being astronomically better than the original game. It's a great okay. choice. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and then yeah. set, the, set the bar for all fighting games after that. My next one is going to be controversial, <laughs> probably. Right? So my next one, my next one is uh, no. Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I've never really been a fan of, of Call of Duty games or, or war games in general because there was a whole slew back in the 90s, the late 90s, where they couldn't get away from World War II. Almost every war game that was coming out yeah. was based on World War II. And I'm sorry, I don't want to play a game where I have to fire a shot, then stop, and stop <laughs> my bastard gun to fire another shot. I don't care how realistic it is or how amazing the graphics are while you're storming the beaches. I want to shoot people. If I have to keep stopping to do something else like reloading or put somebody's leg back on i don't want to play it so when modern warfare came out i wasn't interested but then somebody said my, one of my mates who was of a similar mindset said to me give it a go it's really good so i played modern warfare and i loved it i thought it was amazing yeah. so when black ops came out <laughs> i thought i'm having some of that little did i know at the time that there were two completely different developers that were making these games and that they <laughs> alternated they alternated so one of them would make one game then one of them may, would make it a shit game and then the, the, the original <laughs> guys would go back and they would make a game and then the second guys would stick, stick their oar in again so i got black ops and i hated it <laughs> i really hated it and i know there was a lot of people that really didn't but I, I couldn't play it. I probably played it for about two hours. And then I finally said to myself, I can't play this game. I don't like it. It's not a good game. I'm not being drawn into the storyline. I don't like the way the mechanics work. It's like running through soup. I just didn't enjoy the game. So, And then Modern Warfare came out, Modern Warfare 2, and I nearly didn't get it. Until <laughs> so somebody sat me down and said, right, listen. And had a bit of a birds and a bees conversation about the way the developers were. <laughs> and then I was all right. Yeah. Black Ops didn't like it. Didn't thought it was a terrible sequel. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Okay. See, for me, I prefer Black Ops over Modern Warfare Two, but Modern Warfare Three over Black Ops. <laughs> yeah, I'm confused. <laughs> yeah, I'm so confused. Yeah. About and with that, Sarah, what about your games? <laughs> My biggest one was I'm a huge fan of the original Alone in the Dark. We're talking the one, two, three, way back on the Commodore Amiga, even earlier than that, one of the first 3D games. I mentioned in our last podcast. 
Yeah. One of the first 3D survival horror games ever. I loved them. And then when I heard they're making, you know, after the new Nightmare came out, which was shit anyway, they were re- on the modern consoles, they were bringing out Alone in the Dark. Just, just called Alone in the Dark. New fire effects. It was going to be amazing. I was so sucked into the hype for this fucker. What a pile of steaming <laughs> turd. You know, I love the whole DVD attitude where it's, oh, you look, sorry, you're incredibly shit. Would you like to skip this chapter? <laughs> what the was that one about? It was, and it was crap, and I was, never felt so disheartened. I remember sitting in the room when it first came out, I had bought the um, pre-ordered copy, sitting and trying to defend this fucking game. You know, I was like, yeah, this is like they used to do. Yeah, you can die constantly, and I'm like, feeling my soul just turn on me, just going, this is actually <laughs> yeah. shit. You hate this. Just admit it to yourself. You really hate this game. And that was a struggle for me to do. On a good sequel, I'm going to go for Silent Hill 2. Okay. I really enjoy Silent Hill 1, but I prefer the atmospherics of Silent Hill 2. Knowing that the fact that you had Pyramid Head walking around scared the living bejesus out of me. I don't, I don't want to piss on you from a height here, though, but Silent Hill 1 was good. It was good. This is what we were talking about. It was a good a good original. doesn't mean the sequel was mm. compatible, but I preferred second over the first. It doesn't mean the first was crap. I just preferred the second one. I thought it was scarier by leaps and bounds than the first one. I've never played the Silent Hill series. I think that, that must be a massive uh, black spot in my gaming history. I uh, I think I played the first one uh, when I was a kid, but you know I've never really played them after that. I don't do don't particularly like scary games, so I'm a bit bit of a sissy. <laughs> they came out around. I the love time zombies. Resident Evil. Oh. Uh, after Resident Evil, after first Silent Hill came out, just after Resident Evil Two, I think. Oh, right. That's I'm right. About, uh, yeah. But it's the problem is that with a game as epic as that, and this is something that the current generation of gamers, unfortunately. You can go back and play a 2D game. Yeah, you can go back and play Street Fighter, Street Fighter 2. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can go back and play Monkey Island. If you, as a new, uh, not newer gamer, but if somebody's in their, their teen, teenage years now and they go to try and play Silent Hill 1, you can't do it. Any, three, any early 3D game or early-ish 3D game from the PlayStation 1 does not age like a fine wine. No, it's... it's really difficult to go back and play something that... From a mechanics point of view, because there was so much going on with the graphics, it ages like milk. Yes, <laughs> exactly. The game's slow. The camera angles are terrible. the The voice acting on the first game is is awful, even though the oh. game was fantastic. But but you you say that, but people sort of our age, that's a broad our <laughs> age. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we can go back to these games having but, played newer games, uh, more um, more next-gen games, um, and look at them fondly. So, but you could, you it? It? could you play yeah. it? I went back and I tried playing Silent Hill, the original Silent Hill, and I ju- it's so difficult. It really is. <laughs> Even though it's an amazing game, and I love it, I love it, I know it's an amazing game, I think it's one of those things that's just got to be resigned to, I know that this was fantastic when it came out, but now I'm going back and playing it, it doesn't feel that good. I don't yeah. know, maybe it's me. I don't know, there are some games that, like Final Fantasy VII, the graphics were absolutely shocking. I'll give you that. Hands. But yeah, I, could, that I could still happily go back and play it. Same with Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, well, but, I won't, I'm not with you on that one. 
No, no, I love Final Fantasy VII, but have you ever played it on the PC? Yes. No. Oh. It's so easy to even get it working. <laughs> You've got to mess around with files, and there's like a, a Windows XP patch, and even then it still fucking doesn't work properly. And the music is beyond appalling. They started using MIDI files for that fucking music. Yeah, it's really tinny and really modulated. It's, it's odd. It's right, not okay. as good as playing an emulator. Uh, Ross, what about you? Yeah, um, I love Mass Effect 1. Mass Effect 2 was amazing, absolutely amazing. Mass Effect 3, well, we, we said last time that the ending really ruined it. And just the whole story in general in 3 was really poor, I thought. Mass Effect 2 is just by far the, the best game in that whole series. Yeah. It's one of the best games on 360. A lot of people would argue that the game itself was superior to the previous two games, but I'd say that the game, a game like that, is centered around the story. Yeah, the whole yeah. thing is the story. You're you're playing the game, the action's good, you're enjoying it, you're collecting things, and you're talking to people. But the entire dialogue, it's it's all the story, the overarching storyline. And when you ruin that so badly, as in my opinion they did, yep. you ruin the series. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. And another one for me, I loved Fable One. On um, what Fable yeah. on Xbox? Mm-hmm. It was just a mm-hmm. superb game. But two and three, I was so disappointed in both of them on the um, 360. Yeah, really I'm with that one. Yeah, I'm, really, I'm, I'm, I'm completely against you with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was just I was so bored playing them. Two, I I finished, but it it wasn't um, like a, a thrilling game. I just thought of, I've got nothing else to play, so I might as well just play through this. Yeah, three, See, I just stopped it, playing. Even oh, with three, I loved. Even with two, I picked it up. Because I thought, oh man, I absolutely love this, uh, the first one on my Xbox. And then I picked it up too, and I thought, oh, give this a go. This should be worth worth playing. Yeah. And I just, I had to switch it off because I just thought it oh, was wow. so dull. Really? Like, I loved it. I really <laughs> loved it. I just felt like it lacked all the charm that the first game had. Yeah. I think the first game had a lot of accidental charm. Hmm. I've got to, I think it might have been one of those games that they put it together and it, they didn't necessarily expect all the different elements to work together as well as they ended up working together. My problem yeah. was I was so dis- I was disappointed in the first game because I had such high hopes for it before it came out because Peter Molyneux can't keep his fucking mouth <laughs> shut. <laughs> I, I was going to say the same thing with the, the second one as well. Just, just yeah. and his hype and stuff. I remember, I remember watching one of the demos of him and the dog, really. It was like a very, very early build and he was just sort of totally bigging up how you know you could do all these things with a dog and interact with everything and stuff i mean i i love his enthusiasm when it comes to games and stuff as well there aren't enough people in the kind of industry that like to sort of talk games in that kind of way but sometimes he just he goes overboard he did the same with black and white too yeah uh, Yeah. that that was going to be my actual kind of choice for like a, a sort of bad sequel to a good game was was black and white too as well for just just partly because of that just Burned by Molyneux. <laughs> it is. That's what it is. He, that, he hypes it up so badly. That's fine. Um, well, if you want to expand a little bit on that, then Stu, please feel free. Uh, well, yeah, I, I think I think again, Molyneux promised quite a lot. It, it didn't feel as open in some ways. The creatures got dumbed down. They just became almost. Slightly kind of sidekicky, and you know the way that I was sort of describing Elizabeth. You know, she mm-hmm. wasn't wasn't integral in the same way that the first sort of creature that you would have, or anything. Yeah. Like that. There weren't really any sort of sort of gods. It it just didn't it didn't. 
feel like this like you were a god anymore. It still it, it felt like a little bit more like city planning and stuff. And I think at that p- the sort of point in time, I think they got someone from Blizzard onto the Lionhead team, and I think that sort of changed things a bit. It became a little bit too more focused in the RTS side than the the sort of go and you know you've got a sandbox explore and do all these yeah. things and mess about with physics and you know throw people into water and stuff or or set fire to them and everything like that you know it's it's uh, <laughs> it, it kind of it, it lost a bit of that charm it was uh, yeah I got burned yeah yeah damn you all <laughs> you uh, what about yours Liz uh, well mine first one is the Fallout. Three and New Vegas, as you guys know, and as, as I've already said, I'm quite a lot of a Fallout fanboy. Yes. Um, absolutely love the games. Um, but I, once I played the third one or Fallout Three, I went back and played, um, tried playing one and two, and hated them. <laughs> wow! Hate. Really? Yeah. Had you not? Had you not played them before? Had you... No, I hadn't. I, the, oh right, Fallout, okay. Fallout Three was my first sort of foray into the fallout series but um they're so different i think it's yeah. difficult to go from for, in terms of story that the, the story's you know very along the same lines but i think going yeah. from if you've come from from the other direction as i did i played fallout 1 and fallout 2 um i loved them absolutely amazing because at the time they were a revolutionary the kind of open-endedness that they allowed hadn't yeah. really been done that much and then going into fallout 3 i thought that it was the the greatest natural expansion they could have done into the 3D world without ruining everything. But I can imagine, yeah, going backwards in the other direction probably wasn't as uh, <laughs> yeah. as endearing. Well, I, it's like you said, with um, being a modern gamer and going back to um, older games, older, early 3D games, it's, um, it's just not really possible. Mm. No. There's a level as well, I've got to say, and I'm, I'm guilty of this in MMOs, I don't want to read. I don't want to read stuff. If a game's <laughs> voiced nowadays, I, I find it really off-putting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I know that they had charm, and Fallout is always going to have a massive place in my heart. And at the time, it just wasn't possible. You didn't have voices. You didn't have full full voice games no. anywhere. It was all stuff to be read. But now you go, you're going from fully voiced games where everybody, you don't have to work at it. You don't have to work at the story. The story comes to you. Yeah. Going back to these older games, you have to concentrate, you have to work at it, and, and sometimes it's not... I think maybe we've been led a little bit astray and things have been made too easy for us, but it's ruined it. Spoon-feeding. Mm. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, and my second choice is the GTA sequels. Now, this is kind of a mixed bag, because some of them... The original games I absolutely loved as a kid, even though I wasn't really supposed to play them. <laughs> age restrictions and all that nonsense um yeah uh, i i absolutely loved them it was the naughty game that you weren't supposed to play but you played it with your mates you can run over hookers and all this shit um yeah and then when it came to again i I suppose with the fallout series making it into that that 3d transition um the earlier so starting with three that was a pretty good game quite enjoyed it um, and they seem to have got gradually worse uh, leading up to 4 which I played about 20 minutes of and switched it off because there are only so many times that you can hear hey Nico my cousin <laughs> <laughs> I say that there's in sandwiched in between those two 
you had, in what in my opinion was the gem of the GTA series, which was San Andreas. Yeah. Oh, that is the crap. Yeah, sorry. How, how can I even forget about that? Yeah. <laughs> that was actually top notch. Yeah. Um, but the, the other ones just... Well, yeah, they, didn't, they, they lost, and again, it's a charm thing. They lost a lot of the charm that, that you had in the first game. This roguish kind of, this is over the top, this is crazy, but it's okay because it's a game, and it doesn't bear much semblance to real life. And then they, they translated that into a, and even more with the fourth game, trans- yeah. translated that into what was supposed to be almost art, and it, it didn't work. The craziness was gone, the charm was gone, and one of the biggest things for me was, don't give me story. I don't want story in a game like that. I want to boost cars and I want to drive them to the docks and sell them, yeah. which was weirdly absent from all of the 3D games. Yeah, that was a, that was a huge part of what I used to do in the 2D and the top-down ones. Was I'd nick the most expensive car I could find, try and get away from the cops, try not to damage it too badly because I want to sell it, or line them up. I'm I'm sure up. I I remember. And sorry, in the third up. one that you could actually go down to like a. Uh, junkyard or something and get money from it. I, I never found that. I was too busy running over yeah. grannies. <laughs> so is, um, is that your two? Sorry? Uh, yeah, that you... that's my, yeah, that's I, my two. Right, now I have to address something. I'm sorry, you, can, you feel free to cut this out. I, I have to address the elephant in the room which nobody's m- wanted to mention. And I understand why nobody's wanted to mention this because it hurt us all. It hurt the gaming as a community, but Duke Nukem will never be the same. Oh. Duke Nukem <laughs> forever. Uh, is potentially not only one of the worst sequels, but one of the most disastrous character-killing v- adventures that I've ever seen. And it, I think Duke Nukem 3D, which arguably wasn't even 3D, was another <laughs> one of those games that, they, I, I, unless they were absolute geniuses, they couldn't have predicted that it was going to work as well that it, as it did. All of the different elements to that game came together so well into something that was so tongue-in-cheek, but at the same time, enormously fun to play and then they shit on it <laughs> from a massive height with Duke Nukem Forever yeah. I, I yeah. thought it was awful I genuinely thought it was a terrible terrible game it, oh, was, it really, really really is it's, it's horrendous and I mean you can uh, see throughout all the kind of previous uh, kind of teaser trailers just the way it sort of changed in development as well and I think you sort of almost see it losing its soul essentially with the the way that they try and sort of, it looked like it was going to sort of maybe be a little bit more half-life, it really tried to do a sort of epic story when I I don't, is story important for something like that? Uh, Do you know, there was the other thing where I think that they could have done stuff with it where Duke, I mean, you didn't find anything out about Duke in the first, in Duke Nukem 3D. You didn't know who he was or what was going on. He didn't have any interaction with somebody over a radio telling him what was happening. When when he died, nobody shouted, Duke! (laughs) But they could have gone so many ways. He could have been this ridiculous character from the 80s who, despite being amazing at killing aliens, everybody just kind of tolerates. You know? Everybody just puts up with him because he happens to be great with a gun. But since then... Nobody's attacked us, so he's grown into disrepair, he's got a bit podgy, and he's, he's just kind of... And then suddenly he gets called back into action because the aliens are attacking. I've got to say, that's kind of what I was hoping for. Because they would have brought him out of retirement in this funny way, where everybody else in the game is deadly serious, and he is this 
reject from a, from an era that's gone past that is that is killing off all the aliens for everybody. I thought that would have been great. Yeah. But yeah. no, well, it started off. Everybody was kiss, kissing his ass and quite literally sucking his dick <laughs> right at the beginning. Now we've got to remember that this game went through so many iterations, so many chiefs working on it, in so many different hands and so many different cooking pots. Eventually, it was going to become synonymous with that. It's never going to get released type game. So, really, I think to get rid of the dead horse, they just fucking released it. Yeah, yeah, I know. It was I, such a shame. Yeah, I, it was because this is the one that it was what ten, fifteen years to and, to develop. Yeah, yeah I think they even joke said. about that in the game. <laughs> <laughs> but, right, I think. We'll uh, we'll call it a close there with yep. those games. Uh, if anyone wants to let us know your worst sequel to a good game or good game to a terrible initial game, then let us know on Facebook or Twitter. Get over here! The next section will be our community section. This is where we answer questions from you guys, either from our Facebook or from our Twitter. Um, this week we have a question from Geekster or Collar Beta on Twitter. Um, Rich, I know you you dealt with some of this, so if you you'd like to take over, then please feel free. Yeah, no worries. This is something I kind of wanted to talk about anyway. But there's a, there's some heavy hitters in the gaming industry. There's the new heavy hitters in the gaming industry. So you've got Sony. And, uh, and Microsoft, and we've got Nintendo, which, in my opinion, to a lesser degree at the moment, but they're shooting for a different audience. Sega is making games now, but there's a, other offerings. There's loads of other stuff going on in the gaming industry by independent developers, uh, and this has been going on for a while, but they're coming up with some really good stuff, and a really, really good example of this at the moment is the Oculus Rift. So this is what this is what Geekster wanted to speak about, which is why does it take an independent developer, rather than one of the big guys to come up with something that could potentially change the industry that is as big as the Oculus Rift. So if you don't, if nobody's heard of what this Oculus Rift is, it's effectively something that all of us wanted from the 90s. And there was a couple of, I think there was a, there was a TV series ages ago that had Daniel Craig, not Daniel Craig, (laughs) cut that out. (laughs) There was a TV series ages ago that had Craig Charles. Ah, who was presenting this TV program. I, don't, yeah. I can't even remember what it was called, but pretty much it was this 3D world where these people, it was very Lawnmower Man-esque, where these guys were on treadmills and they were wearing 3D headsets and their team had to like guide them through this 3D world and tell them where they had to go and what they had to do. So the Oculus Rift is a 3D headset with motion tracking and full field of view uh, and I believe it's going to have a, have a headset in it as well so that you can immerse yourself in, in a game much, much more than you've been able to previously. And they're shooting off... There's already a version of Doom 3 that works with this thing. The, the difficulty is that at the moment, how do, you, how do you put out a sales pitch video that explains to people just how great this is? Because you can't show them what it's going to look like when you're inside it. So they're basically explaining about the technology at the moment and trying to get people hyped up so they can get interest. But it looks amazing, and the price point that they're shooting for is going to be so low that potentially it it could get in every home. It could be something that, unlike the Kinect, could actually change what's going on in gaming. And his question was, why does it take an independent developer to to come up with something like this? And in my opinion, I don't know if you guys have got a different opinion, it's licensing. And I... 
I think that's that's one of the big reasons why something like this, if Microsoft came out with something like this that was so big that everybody wanted it, that was potentially going to change the gaming industry, would Sony want to license it from them? See, I actually go from a different angle. I don't think so much licensing. I think it's risk analysis. That's what I was going to say as well. Yeah, I was going to say risk too. Now, I I remember using the VR headsets when they first came out. I played Quake, the original Quake, with a VR headset on in the local internet cafe. Now, you talk about... It's like almost a 3D world. 3D comes around every cycle, every couple of years. This this 3D time seems to have, have taken a lot more than it has previously. Now, all these big developers in the world... They've got to manage that risk almost if this is going to be the one that takes off. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But they did it with the Connect. They've done it with the Connect, and they can bring the price point down as low as they're expecting to with the Oculus Rift. Why not take the risk? But this is where I think the fun part comes in. I think, yeah. if, the, I think if the big boys did do the Oculus Rift, they would charge a hell of a lot more than what they are going to be charged. Yeah, Possibly, but also I think gaming has gone in a different direction because back when I started gaming, or back when I was really getting into PC games, not everybody gamed. It, it wasn't something that happened. So bringing out something that was effectively a serious piece of gaming equipment to get yourself immersed in a game would have been a sensible thing. That's why they tried out the original VR headsets and stuff. Now, the onus is moving towards... Party gaming, family gaming, and getting more people that weren't previously using a games console to use their products and to see their advertisements and to purchase things, to rent movies or whatever it is. Something that effectively limits a single person in the house to being able to enjoy what's going on Yeah, is much more of a hardcore gamer's or a single person immersing themselves in a game. It's not something that can be, that can be used for the whole family. So I think there's an element of that as well. At the end of the day, if you've got four people in the house who can potentially play a game, you have uh, play a console. You then have four people who are potentially going to buy video games for that console, as opposed, yeah. as with party games and party consoles, i.e., the Wii, um, as opposed to a virtual reality type uh, device like the Oculus Rift, where only one person can use it. Yeah, you'll only have one person potentially buying games for it. So, yep. yeah, you're I, right. I, you I, are right. So, I think this is why it takes an independent developer to come up with something like this because they're pitching it to a very narrow margin of the of the people who play games to to a narrower margin than I think Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo want to pitch it to. Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony want everybody in the house who is capable of being in, of being able to interact with the console to be interacting with the console whereas I think the Oculus Rift is shooting for people who play the console alone or play PC games because let's face it PC games nowadays certainly are more of a, a solo experience yeah, yeah the big guys are all about family inclusion aren't they you've seen all the adverts for the, the yeah exactly they get more money they get more money uh, from it I don't know about you guys but how many of you sit around with your, your family and loved ones to play mm. a bit of Battlefield Call of Duty. <laughs> exactly. No, you're absolutely right. But then saying that, how many of us, are, because we do do that, because we do sit there and play these games on our own, would buy the Oculus Rift? Because I would. Providing yeah, it so would I. with the games. So now, one thing that I really want to see from this, and that I hope that they do do, I, I don't want my head to move. So if I'm playing an <laughs> FPS, right, and I'm moving my head around, I don't want my head to move my gun. No. I don't want that to happen. My, my, I want to be able to look around and aim my gun independently. Now, if they can get that working, if they can make it so that the mouse moves the gun and your head just moves your field of vision, or even 
has some other kind of interaction with what's going on in the game, I'm all up for that. But if your head, if it's literally a replacement for your mouse movement, then it's, no. it, it's yeah. kind of pointless. I'm, I'm I've, sure. had a, I've had a look at their dev videos and I've seen a quite a few of the behind-the-scenes stuff. It's pretty much as you said. Now, this works. Um, the Unreal Development Toolkit bought into this in a big way. And using the dev kit and the stations, it does not control your gun. It simply controls your field of movement. Yeah, which is amazing. Can you imagine in, in a game that you're supposed to really get involved in, in something that you... Let's say we're talking Skyrim. Yeah? yeah, so it's a first-person game. You can play it third-person, but a first-person game that you—they want you to get dragged into this game. They want you to be immersed. They want you to be involved in the world. Having something like the Oculus Rift on your head is going to do that. It's going to help draw you in because it becomes your whole world. You're not just looking at a narrow screen. You look everything everywhere you look is game. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. But That's if I'm it. playing Skyrim with the Oculus on and I see a dragon pop up, I am going to soil myself. <laughs> yeah. That's <entirely laughs> And there's other games that will benefit from it as well. So there's, think, there's a lot. I think, I mean, sorry, um, I'm sure Arma already does that. Arma 2's engine, I think with Track IR, I'm sure you already have the ability to do something yeah, like that. Yeah, and that's that. where I was going yeah. Was going to go next as well, because DayZ, DayZ yeah. with something like this, I mean, they really want to draw you into that game. If they, if they really want to pull you in, then the Oculus Rift is definitely the way to go. Mm. <laughs> the, the other thing with these devices, though, is they leave it open for development with additional uh, peripherals. So if you're playing a first-person shooter, yeah. you can buy that game that works with the Oculus Rift and with buy a gy- it uh, with a gun. Yeah, or with a gyroscopic mouse-type thing, something that yeah. will sense where your hand's going. So you literally wave your hand in the air to aim your gun, you move your head around to, to aim your head. The downside that you've got to that, and this is something that I've thought about, because I would have loved to see something like that, the biggest downside after that is movement. Yeah. Because you're still going to have your other hand on the keyboard. And bearing in mind that at the point that you've got the Oculus Rift on, you're going to be playing it in front of a screen. Even though you're not using the screen to view what you're doing, you're still going to have the screen in front of you. You can't yeah. see the screen. And now you're waving your hand around. <laughs> Right? Can we see where the problem could could get here? Yeah? So suddenly you've got your hand through your screen, and the other big issue, which I'm not sure how they're going to address, is you can't see your keyboard. Mm. So unless you're playing with a pad, which potentially might be what they want people to do, unless you're playing with a pad, if you've got keybinds in the game that that you're playing, you have to know where all the keys are on the keyboard. Yeah. So tethering a pad to your PC... Well, I don't think they're just shooting for PC. I think they're shooting for console as well. But tethering a pad to PC might be the only way to go with this. I mean, well, you've also got things like the Logitech Gamepad, which are designed for PCs like this as well. Are you anyone, aware of that? Has anyone used? Nobody uses the Logitech uh, Gamepad, which I believe well, I've got on the next to me. It's the G13. No. 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 What's this USB thing? No. 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 I, I have a keyboard pad. Yeah, I've, I've I've seen the Belkin and Razer equivalent of it as well. It was something I was looking into actually for Dota myself, you know, because uh, just having all of that combined and you know all the keys together and stuff. Exactly. Now I use these for MMOs, and they're without that I can't go back to normal keyboard layout. It's only purely controlled by your left hand and does everything you need it to, and for most games. Okay, so the, so the Oculus, I don't know, it's still something that I want to get. It's still something that I'm interested in getting my hands on and seeing how well it's going to interact. And it, I think by the time the technology's out, it's going to be up to the game makers. It's going to be up to the game developers to make sure that they use it properly and come up with games that use it well enough to make people want to buy it. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, but so there's other things. There's other independent developers that have tried to do things, tried to do not similar things, but they've tried to bring out products that haven't worked. They've crashed and burned. So, I don't know if anybody else has ever heard of the GP2X. Nope. No. Did anybody hear about this? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Right. So, I, I mentioned this because Ouya, or Ouya, I don't know how you pronounce it, the Ouya. Android based Ouya, Ouya, the <laughs> Android based console. That's another one that's being, being brought out. Mm. By, I, uh, yeah, oh, sorry. So, do sorry. we think we need an Android-based console? No, no, no we don't. Oh, the answer is no. We don't need an Android-based console because the games that are coming out are made for they're made for phones. They're made for phones and tablets, touchscreen devices. Now, the issue, the, uh, one of the biggest issues for me, um, I think it was uh, Arcos brought out their GamePad. So it was a, it's a tablet with control sticks on the side of it. The problem that they immediately came across was that the games are made for touchscreen. Most of the games don't have, they don't use the controller APIs. <laughs> so there's no way for the control sticks to control what's going on in the game. So what they ended up doing, what um, Arcos ended up doing, was coming up with an app where you could map the button presses to an area of the screen. Yeah. So when you push the button on the side of this gaming tablet, it was in effect tapping that area on the screen. So you mapped the different button presses to the different areas on the screen where the on-screen controls were. But it was a bit of a messy way of doing it. So is Ouya going to be something that people buy into, even as a media center, when you've got things like... I mean, all the, all the, the major consoles now will play media, will stream media. They're all, uh, you know, they're all capable of pulling media from the internet and from PCs. Is Ouya going to be something that people need? No, I, not a, does it does it maybe yeah. come down to price perhaps? I mean, if you maybe, I mean they're well, not. The, 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 I mean, one of the key things with the Ouya is it needs to be updated regularly. It, I, I think they said that it's going to be a yearly hardware upgrade. A hardware so upgrade. So you have to buy, rebuy it every year. Yeah, well, I mean that's effectively what consoles were trying to do to us at one point. It's only been more recently that they're lasting a lot longer between iterations. Yeah. But the other thing, I mean, one thing that they've got in their favour here is platform. In my opinion, because something that failed, that caused a Pandora and the GP2X, if you guys, I don't know if you've heard about these things, but I, I had these, I had one. The GP2X was a handheld console that was made by, I think it was a company called Game Park, and it was a Linux-based handheld gaming device. Right. And it ended up being amazing for emulators. You could you could load all these, you know, pe- the de- developers for ScumVM and for loads of other different emulators got on board with this thing and made versions recompiled for this device. But that was all it did. Because it was such a a specific device, and it was made by, effectively, an independent developer, the bigger guys, the guys who were making the the bigger games, the newer games, weren't making for it. So you were resigned to playing games that had been ported from older consoles, which wasn't... Do you want to buy a handheld device that exclusively does that? Not, no, nowadays not, when, no. not nowadays when you can do that on a mobile phone. Exactly. And so is the answer to make a handheld gaming device that runs on Android? Well, no, because you can do that all on a mobile phone. But without... That's not without exactly distance. true. Because I hate playing games on my mobile phone and even on my tablet. I hate, I hate it. I cannot use um, XY axis sticks on a screen. It doesn't work for me. I just can't play the games properly. So... Okay. Having buttons on the side of it, playing it like it was uh, like a PSP, would be great. Having a touchscreen, no, having touchscreen ability on it as well, like the Vita, fine. But mm-hmm. 
but if you use Android as your platform, stripped out the mobile side of it, stripped out any phone call side of things, and pretty much just had Android on a high-spec device with buttons and the market so you could download games and stuff, mm-hmm. is that the way to go rather than Ouya? Because all of these games are being made for handheld devices anyway. Well, that's sort of flip side to it. Now, going, I've worked a lot with Ouya in the last, actually, three weeks. Now, a lot of the content providers out there for the mobile phones are developing for the Ouya now. Now, like you brought across, using the tablet mobile phone is great for the little um, casual Android games. But there's a lot of these garage developers that are coming out with some fantastic content that don't work as well on mobile as you'd like it to. Now, Android gives them that edge and that development platform that they can work with it. Working with the Unity platform, for example, they've created some amazing things. And that's where the Ouya is going to shine. So I mean, try not to think it so much with this mobile platform side, but just with the Android and Unity open development that's available to these guys, they are going to create something fantastic. Now, the thing is, that sounds great, but as somebody who's bought side projects before, so as somebody who's bought the GP2X or bought into the Pandora, they didn't work. And that might very well be because they weren't marketed well enough or they didn't get themselves out there enough or they weren't powerful enough. But I bought both of those things hoping, against hopes, because they were fairly powerful at the time that they came out, that people would buy into them and developers would start making games for them. And to start with, there was a a little bit of developer pickup, but when it was worked out that they couldn't make all that much money from them, it, it fell off. I think maybe Android, because it's got an established store already and a way of making money from the games, maybe that's going to be a totally different story. See, with that, I, even alone, I can tell you at the moment, you're going to, we're going to run into problems for the first, at least year out on the Android, and especially Ouya, because it is the Android platform, so instantly you've got all these content providers that are out there in the current market saying, well, it's just Android, we can, of course, we can just port our existing games to it. So for the first bulk that you're going to get, you're literally just going to get reported same shit that's out there in the mobile phone. Yeah, and that's how it's going to be reviewed for the first year. And the problem is, if those initial reviews hit it too hard, it could scare people off either buying it or buying into it to develop for it in the future. Agreed. And the worst part of all, these people who have their ports up, they're going to increase their price as well, just to for the brand new, because somebody's got to buy something for the new console. So I think that for the first year, it's going to get hit hard. Yeah. It's, well, it's going to be a time-will-tell thing whether people buy into it or not, so I don't know. The other thing that I think with Ouya, there's, there's games, loads of games coming out. There's another thing. There's loads of independent games that aren't even coming out on Android. They're coming out on PC, but oh, they're coming out on a platform like PC. So Steam Greenlight. Steam's greenlighting a lot of games, a lot of independent games that aren't graphically intensive, a lot of the time that they're 2D but they're incredibly well thought out games like The Cave or I don't know, Braid is another one smaller, lighter games that don't need a real big mainstream console's grunt to run them that could easily run on Ouya that's it that it that is episode two uh you can find us on our website readyplayer2.co.uk that's t-w-o not the number two uh you can also find us on twitter ready p2 or facebook ready player two yes um you can and thanks again to Stu. thank you very much to rich ross and zero and i'm ilewis87
Thank Thanks you very much. much. Thank, Thank you, guys. Yeah. See you later. Stu, you're a bit quiet. If you want to stand a bit closer to the mic. I, I, I'm, I'm basically deep-throating it already. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Well, we're also into old man and stuff. <laughs> yeah, just one or two lines about each thing. We're good. Fucking PC gamers. <laughs> we were just having a chat. We'll meet you'll be talking to you. We'll realise they dropped us from the call. They're carrying off the podcast. We're just having a chat. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Anyway. Uh, why didn't we think of that a minute ago? <laughs> <laughs> Many games blow us away when we play them for the first... Oh, shit, this is the wrong section. <laughs> cuts! Hey. cuts. <laughs> shit, Jackson! Should we just keep talking, then? <laughs> <laughs> we were doing alright, you fucked it up! It could have been bad, they could have given away what we were going to talk about. Actually, I don't think anybody could predict what we we're going to talk about. I don't even uh, know. Yeah, I, I really doubt it. But, cool. Sorry, just bear with me, I'm trying to shovel uh, a biscuit in. Okay. Shovel, shovel a biscuit into my face. I've not actually had my lunch yet, so... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, before I say I was well prepared today, I'm feeling like 